But then again, who asked me? Welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. You guys already know I am Zell, your host. Um, I know I'm late and I will go out and say on good fortune because this is the second time that I've gotten an episode out late um, that if I don't have an episode out on my regular Monday schedule, then it'll just come out on Wednesday. It just seems to be a trend for the two that I've been late for. Um, and it's like the easiest for me. But if you follow me on my personal Instagram, you know, I've been out of town. So that's again, so that's why this episode is late. Um, and you know, I'm just kind of feeling like, I don't know, I don't want to call it a low because it's not a low. It's kind of like, I'm not gonna lie, I'll keep it real. I listened to an episode of a podcast that I don't normally listen to one, but two, um, and I'm not going to name it, obviously, but it just kind of made me feel really discouraged, like some of the conversations had on there. And it's, I don't blame the person for the people that were talking on it at all. Um, it was just like a me thing and how I took it and I got really in my head about some of the things. Um, but nevertheless, we're going to keep going because that's what the fuck we do. Um, that plus I feel like I'm kind of like a little fatigued from all the mess from last week. And thankfully there's not a lot that I'm going to get into this week. I mean, of course I'm going to talk about Brittany. Okay. But compared to last week, I feel like I'm like not as continuously slapped in the face with it. Uh, so first things first, we got a little Potomac, um, remix fun trailer thing and they did a, uh, their own take on Moment for Life by Nicki Minaj, which I will always, always love that song. Oh my God. I remember when it came out, what I was doing that I used to blast that song. I mean, sometimes when I need a pick me up, I still turn that song on that whole album actually, but I'm so happy to see um, some of Bravo's energy being poured into Potomac like they have poured into other franchises that maybe we don't need to pour as much into but that's a different story for a different day I'm so excited to see those ladies I cannot believe it's already almost July because I remember when they first said like oh it'll be out in July I felt like oh my god that's so far away but now I'm like it's right around the corner <sighs> all right so let's talk about Brittany so Britney, fine, Britney Spears finally came out and made um, a statement to a judge about her conservatorship. I'm not going to get too deep into it. We all have heard it. Listen, well, some people have listened to it and that what we have also learned this week is a problem because it was not supposed to be recorded. Um, but like a lot of people knew, she is very unhappy in her conservatorship. She has been you know, controlled in ways that are not okay in the slightest form. Some of the details in it just completely broke my heart. It is baffling to me that people have, not only people, but her family in specifics have been allowed to do this to this woman. It's heartbreaking. Um, you know, she tells us she just wants to gain back control of her life, which she is every right to if you ask me and thousands of other people um so yeah we got that and with that of course it has made some of the people that she has you know well she pretty she only really name dropped her father like she name dropped her father 
when it came to her family. But she also said, I would like to sue my family. So on that note, that brings in her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, And I saw something interesting on the internet earlier about people who have done videos that include her response video and therefore it makes me very very hmm, like maybe should I not even be be saying her name like it's hmm. but um you know I I don't know Britney Spears it's obvious but I can tell that that woman has been through a lot and I think we need to listen to her um and if you ask me who I'm going to listen to whether it's the woman who is being held captive when she says she wants to sue her family not just her father because she specifically named her father when necessary but then I would like to sue my family so her sister released this video saying pretty much trying to gaslight the public if you ask me saying I've only been trying to be my a sister to my sister and an aunt to the boys and blah blah and it's like miss lady you were just named like not too many years ago you were just named as like the beneficiary to her estate I believe I believe she's involved she's involved she has benefited from Britney's conservatorship okay so she tries to tell us that she's been told her sister that she needs to seek different counsel it's just getting messy uh like I always say saying nothing is always an option especially when you're just gonna try and gaslight the public when it comes to a huge 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 controversial topic like Britney's conservatorship whether she's your sister or not um you know there's no denying that she is your sister but there's also no denying that you've benefited from her being in this conservatorship so I really hope that this is all played out in the best that's for Britney um and some of the things that Britney disclosed to the judge and that we found out are simply just not the best okay I don't care who you are what you've done like it's just ridiculous moving on from that something else I want to talk about is (laughs) Madison LaCroix's live and listen I have a hot take when it comes to this maybe it's not a hot take I just haven't seen a lot of people with this opinion but you know maybe I'm looking in the wrong places I don't watch Southern Charm. I did for a little bit. So I do know the, you know, the main players and everything, but I'm not a Southern Charmer. I just don't care about that show anymore. Um, so Madison got on live this the this week, weekend, whatever. Absolutely fucking shit-faced. Shit-faced. You know, she was slurring her words. She flashed her titties. She said, you know... Austin was calling XYZ and of course the internet ate it up I personally think that Madison knows what she's doing a lot of the time and I think she knows that she's entertaining and I think she knows that she um is giving the people what she wants what I don't like is the fucking hypocrites when it comes to the whole Madison versus um Austin, Craig, Kristen Cavallari, and Justin Anderson, and that whole crew. We have seen just as many 
drunk lives from those people as we have from Madison. Okay, maybe more from those other four. Um, I think both sides like taunting each other. Okay, but for whatever reason, when Madison does it, she gets a bad rap. It's it's a little mm, icky to me, and I'm gonna use yeah I'm gonna use the word icky because yes she has a child, Kristen has children. Like I've seen both of these ladies fucked up. That doesn't matter. I don't understand why Madison can't do the same things that they're all doing, and it's just I don't maybe it's because I cannot fucking stand Austin and Craig. Mainly Austin. But I just, I'm sick of people, you know, nitpicking that woman. That both sides are fucking with each other. Because if you better fucking believe, as soon as Justin Anderson woke up the next morning, he was all over it. Making little videos on the internet and poking back with her. Okay? Maybe everybody needs to get off for a little bit. I mean, hell, y'all put, some of y'all, some of y'all, I don't want to say all of us. Some of y'all put more energy into Madison in her being wine drunk uh, than the rolled up dollar bills that we've seen multiple times with Craig and Austin. And that's all I'm gonna say on that, okay? Check yourself. Just check yourself. But also this week, Erica Jane was seen <laughs> pumping her own gas, okay? In a t-shirt, leggings, and tennies. And honey, people were shook. They were like, oh my God. Now, the memes were funny, okay? They were absolutely hilarious. One thing that I will say is, like, the internet is going to do what the internet is going to do. Like, they're going to meme, especially the Bravos, Bravoverse, like, they're going to meme the fuck out of stuff. And especially somebody, like, a character like Erica Jane, okay? And I'm saying, like, Erica Jane, the character. She's made this whole persona around, you know, it's expensive to be me. I don't do regular stuff. I don't do X, Y, Z. And now we're in the predicament that we're in. Honey, yes, people are going to laugh. Okay. And then, of course, we got the she claps back at the haters asking why everyone is so pressed uh, that she's, you know, doing such a regular thing. And then the word of the cherished twins. You dropping the bomb, a bomb in the middle of a room and then going, What? What happened? Erica, we've been listening to you for the past seven years talk about how expensive it is to be you, how you don't do this, quote, air quotes, normal people shit. And then we see you doing normal people shit. So we're like, oh, oh, why have the mighty, my have the mighty have fallen. Okay. Like, girl, that's all we're saying. That is all we are saying. All right. And speaking of Erica, let's just go ahead and get into the Beverly Hills recap for the week. So. We are getting the actual Parisian party that Sutton hosted. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't usually relate to Erica Jane at all because it's not expensive to be me whatsoever. (laughs) But I can relate to her walking in after having all this stuff going on and then being like, so what's up what's going on y'all because just I can be like that in my life like if I'm very overwhelmed with something and like my friends know what's going on and we're like going to meet up I can't just sometimes I can't just sit down and just be like let me unpack all this emotional baggage especially because I compartmentalize so much so I related to her 
with that and you know all the ladies she knows all the eyes are on her so let's just get warmed up a little bit and so we're all at the party we're kikiing we're having a good time kyle starts her impressions and this is again something i will give kyle because i'm not a kyle stan her impressions are on point when I think it was two seasons ago when they were out of the country on that vacation and she imitated you know Teddy and Erica she is often on point and when she did Kathy it was hilarious because what the fuck is Kathy Hilton talking about 90% of the time like what the fuck is she talking about 90% of the time who fucking knows uh, so finally Erica addresses the elephant in the room and you know, I posted something, reposted something on Instagram um, from the Instagram Jamie Stein, and it read, "I absolutely believe the unhappy details that Erica disclosed um, about her marriage to Tom, but I do not believe it's why she filed for divorce." And that is honestly like wh- how I can sum up my feelings on all of this in a nutshell I do not doubt for one second that that man probably said some very insensitive awful things to her things that I probably could never ever take I and I have been a cocktail waitress before sweetie like I could not I just don't think that that's why and one thing that I want to make out is that, like I always say, two things can be true here. Erica could have had an idea that things were going on. And he also could have been not the nicest husband to her. And, you know, I always kind of saw that as a marriage of convenience. I didn't think that we needed, um, you know, a divorce and a scandal to realize that. But... I was having this discussion with some of my girlfriends, you know, about, you know, whether she knew, whether she didn't. And one of my friends pointed out something from her perspective. She said, if I was in her shoes and the bills were being paid and, you know, it was, I was getting everything I needed, I wouldn't need to fucking know. I would not ask any fucking questions. She was like, so I kind of don't think that she knew everything because she might've just been like, I am, my needs are met where I want them met. I don't give a fuck. Obviously, I didn't think about it like that because I'm, I am a nosy bitch, okay? I need to know everything. I do not care if my spouse is Bill Gates rich. I need to talk to the accountant to make sure the taxes have been filed. I need to talk to every single person. Maybe I've just watched too much Shit's Creek, but like that stuff, money issues stress me out like more than anything, more than anything, I don't understand how some of these folks, <coughs> Jax Taylor, running around owing millions of dollars of back taxes. Like, I'm getting hot just thinking about that. But nevertheless, nevertheless, we have gotten off track. I, f- I see, I, I want to say I feel for Erica. And if we took the orphans, the critically injured people and the widows out of it, I probably would feel differently. But the fact that this woman is still on national TV telling us her side of, you know, kind of the escape from through uh, the night story that she told us how she dropped him off at work. And then she went and got her packed up her stuff and found an apartment, how she's been planning this for a long time. 
I would feel a different type of way if she didn't go from a multi-million dollar mansion to like probably a house that she is still worth a, a million, at least a million dollars. I mean, it's got a pool and a pool house back there. But, and I, again, once again, I don't know if the editors were trying to be shady or what by saying like old house, six bedrooms, nine bathrooms, new house, three bedrooms, two bathrooms or however much it was. That's still, that's still a very nice house. You're still very fortunate to be able to do that. Especially considering we have all these people waiting for their money um, that have been injured and have, you know, trauma to go through. It's just, it. I really, I can't get there with Erica knowing all of this. All right. And I know that she is, it, it is very obvious watching this that she is, you know, I think she is aware at this point in which we're watching that these details are going to come out. And I do believe her when she said, told the ladies, you know, I didn't tell you all certain things because it puts you in a position that I don't want you in. As a, from a friend standpoint and everything, I think that she, whoever advised her on that, or maybe it was just her herself, she did a, she did the right thing there. She really did. Um, you know, everybody needs friends to lean on. It's just the other thing with me with Erica is you spent so long from what I saw on my TV screen, kind of keeping a wall up with these women and not letting them in. And now you're like, you're my friends. You're here for me. I need you. I, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I don't know. Again, it's just take all of the people that are the other people that are involved with in this waiting for their money out of it. I still, it just leaves a taste in my mouth. All right. But moving on from the Erica of the whole episode, I will entertain this Kyle Dorit fake argument for two seconds and just say that for Kyle to sit there and say that it's a thing, Dorit, you're long-winded. Okay, Kyle, and it's a thing. You interrupt people. Like I always say, two things can be true here. I hate when people try and say it's a thing. Okay, a couple things are a thing. Everything's a thing. Like, shut the fuck up. It was such a fake fight. I could not even. Uh, and then the other main takeaway from this episode. I'm so tired of these women trying to minimize Crystal's feelings in the whole coat issue. Like, it's easy to do that when you don't, you weren't the person directly affected by it. You know, all Sutton had to do was genuinely say, I'm sorry. Again, I state, I don't mind being naked. I can be naked as a jaybird all day long. I don't necessarily care who sees. Crystal obviously does not feel this way. She has told us that she has had body image issues and, you know, other things that directly affect her. And I don't, you know, take all of that out of it. She has told us that she was uncomfortable. She felt creeped out by the situation. We just need to listen to her. I understand that Sutton was like, uh, that was not my intention. But for Sutton to continuously say, I wasn't being creepy for, don't say that I violated you. That, yes, that is a strong word, but she's naked. She's vulnerable. She's crouched down. To, to say that she felt violated, that's not 
far off, okay? You're, like, Sutton is acting as if she poked her and then she said, you violated me. We have to listen to people when they're saying these things. And all of the women, you know, just like a game of telephone, I mean, and plus this is a TV show, so I'm sure it's hyped up a little bit. Um, You know, they want to know, but what is not for the show is it's very clear that Sutton and Crystal do not gel. Those are two women that don't like each other. And I think I've said that before. But for her, for hers and Sutton to continuously say, you know, I didn't violate you. I didn't violate. That's a strong word. That's this. She's a mean girl. She's this. No, Sutton, you're actually kind of the mean girl. Because you continuously refuse to block out how Crystal actually felt. And I'm sorry, you not finna come for me in my house when I'm the host of the evening. We can talk about this on mutual territory out to lunch somewhere, but not in my house. I... I wasn't ever a Sutton, crazy Sutton stan, but it's just her. I didn't mind her, but like, I am souring quickly. And that's not to say that I think she needs to be fired. I'm just saying I'm souring, period. I feel, I'm going to interject this with for a hot second. I feel like we sometimes we cannot say like oh I can't stand Leah for example because right now I can't stand Leah or I'm not I'm souring on Sutton without people some people turning it into like you think oh you're just you're not enjoying reality tv like you think that it needs to be they need no I didn't say that they need to be anything I'm and taking it for what it is and in this situation Sutton is souring on me Leah is souring on me that can happen I I am a reality TV watcher that I get, I love to get interactive. I love to get involved. Okay. I love to put myself in those situations. And then when I'm, when I'm done watching it, I take myself out of it. Can we all like respect the different ways that we all like to watch reality TV? Like not everyone's going to watch it the same way you watch it. And I, that's part of the reason that I love, like love slash hate this whole bravo universe because you know sometimes you can absolutely disagree with people and it's just like oh I never thought about it like that like you know or it's funny like oh you know I am team Monique or you know I am team Candace but then sometimes we're like you're act like you're you know kind of stupid or you know to something or another for being involved and having you know oh I'm I don't like sun right now I don't like this I don't know it's that was just a random thought and look I'm a little long-winded today okay (laughs) but that's just one of the things that's been weighing on me it's just like fuck why can't I just say how I feel about the situation you say how you feel about the situation and it's fine because we don't actually know any of these people and sometimes we are going to see ourselves in some of these situations and we'll be able to directly relate to it but just listening is all that it is and if you don't want to listen then I don't know I guess not but again long-winded call me Dorit 
Uh, but when it comes to Crystal and Sutton, I can see the tension building and I am so not surprised that we have an ugly leather pants comment coming. I just don't know how much more like awkward conversations we have to deal with this. And especially from the other ladies perspective, like I feel like from what we saw in this past episode, same type of setting, they're all around, they're sitting, you know, at somebody's house, having a discussion, Crystal and Sutton kind of get into it I will say Sutton said that over and over she wanted to end it and she wanted it to be over but then she continued it but then that kind of looks like the same setting that we saw in the preview when we saw the ugly leather pants comment as somebody who might have been like from an other lady's perspective I feel like me personally I would jump in and be like yo didn't we say that we're not doing this anymore because I, I let's cut it out cut it the fuck out but we will see child the only other thing that i have to say about real housewives of beverly hills is whatever this little oil is little thc oils that maurizio and kyle use and now erica that had her feeling some type of way that she had to get up off the couch i'm going to need them to um provide me with a swipe up you know because i'm trying to i'm trying to see some trying to feel some i got a fiance but uh let's go ahead and get into the rest of these recaps i just confused the shit out of myself and thought that for a second i forgot to watch roni last week and then i remembered they did not have a roni episode last week um and you know maybe i should have taken a week off too but nevertheless here i am i'm too new for that shit <laughs> so let's get into encore um we start the episode off by finally having some resolution when it comes to the creative direction kind of and the cherished twins apologize to keely and you know they focus their energy their petty energy on misha but we'll get there later in the recap and speaking of misha i will say this ultimately I feel for her. So Misha tells us that she wants to, you know, she is interested in writing as well. However, she doesn't write as fast as the Cherished Twins and she can't do things as fast as they do. I will say this and that she wants to sing on more tracks and XYZ. I feel bad because I think it's clear that she is very is letting old insecurities get to her and get make her very anxious and i hate that for her it's so obvious and it breaks my heart for her but at the same time she is not in a safe space to be feeling those feelings like it's i i just i don't know i'm very torn here because i can as a person that like pushes through a lot and even when I am feeling um you know insecure anxious i.e me continuing to talk on, talk on this podcast right now <laughs> but I am a person who pushes through and I'm actually learning to take steps back now that's something I'm working on and so I feel bad that the cherished twins are just like um you know kind of I don't want to say berating but kind of in a way just like oh my god you're not doing this you're not doing this you need to get up but at the same time I'm like girl Misha we only have 30 days sweetie like we do not have time I hate that she cannot take the time to take care of her mental health and she letting freaking frack bother her like this 
all right so the women finally have a good night in the studio and keely lets us know that that's what she came there for and she came there with for that but she didn't do anything like she literally did nothing you didn't come up the direction you weren't writing the songs from what i saw like you were just in there being a hype man is what you do you want to be a hype man keely because i'm confusion again i say why are you here i think i said that on kendrick's podcast but yes why are you here (laughs) Uh, so another thing about keely and this has to do with aubrey aubrey and keely will be saying the exact same thing like they will be in agreement saying the exact same thing and then turn around and be like that bitch is wrong about one another uh, is there some history here? I started to do a little mini 3LW and Danity Kane deep dive. And the 3LW one is like com- pretty much com- done. It's not that. And when I say mini, I mean mini. Because let me tell y'all something. I don't know how some of y'all be doing these deep in-depth deep dives. Like I was tired trying to get all this information but i'm like really like is because i want to know if there is some a past between aubrey and keely that we're missing like am i missing something they have big beef it seems so the women all decide like kind of start breaking down like who's gonna be on what song and we finally get realized that they don't have to record an entire album you know what i was thinking like a full discography of at least 10 songs no they have to um record five so technically an ep okay and everybody just has to be on two of them i think two or three something like that but we finally get some clarity there you know they start recording songs kind of divvying up who's going to sing on what and who will sing on what and they all start working on the song that everyone is supposed to be on and pam and everyone's happy and pam says i don't want to say the word ho (laughs) listen again i saw both sides of that argument well there wasn't really an argument because you know pam ain't finna argue with nobody but she was like why can't we just change the lyrics and the cherished ones were like we're not changing the lyrics why can't we just give that part to somebody else not pam i don't know but then pam says she don't want to be on a song that they're saying hold on oh my god oh my lamb in the words of nivia it is so much so the women have to vote on a new queen this week and I'm not shocked, but it was Aubrey. And once again, Aubrey and Keely both think that they're, you know, the queen bees. A fight erupts, an argument erupts at the table that stems from Fallon and Felicia claim that they lost Misha's vocals on one of the songs. And whether they lost it or deleted it or what you know they come and they tell her that she needs to re-record and then she's all of a sudden recording a different part and it got real messy real fast okay so all that resolution we did at the beginning of the episode is gone is down the drain it's nothing i 
these women were not letting Aubrey talk at all. But at the same time, Aubrey, what are you even going to say here? In the same time, Keely's over here like, Aubrey's supposed to be the queen. Like, if I were queen, I'd be handling this. Keely, you're not saying anything either. No one could talk in that situation. Okay? Not even my queen, Nivea. They were letting her get two words in and she... She makes the most sense out of everybody. Okay? And again, I will say this. Fallon and Felicia... I get where they're coming from on the work ethic thing because at one point in the episode the producers also came in there and they wasted a whole day of work. We are on borrowed limited time. All right. So during the argument, Fallon and Felicia plugged their own song and said that they were feeling really unappreciated. And if you don't remember Cherish beyond do it, do it, do it, they had a song called Unappreciated, which used to get on my goddamn motherfucking nerves. I don't know why that song used to irritate the shit out of me. But they plugged it. They were like, I'm feeling really unappreciated right now. And it just popped back in my head like it was 2007 again. But listen, Misha gives us, gets after the argument, she gives us a throwback bad girls club moment where the she is just yelling packing her things and yelling at the camera and t- telling them you're not gonna get a confessional out of me right now I'm not fucking doing it I'm fucking done with this and it made my heart feel warm inside because I miss bad girls club so fucking much. old bad girls club old school bad girls club bad girls club got to a point with me that I could I had to stop watching it it gave me so much anxiety so much fucking anxiety but back to the encore I will say this when it comes down to it. The twins need to stop name dropping. All right. They wrote one song for Bieber. Kendrick had told me that they wrote, I think, a Tamar Braxton song also, if I'm not mistaken, that did pretty good. But they are acting as if they are on a Candy Burris level and they're not they're just not okay so that i'm gonna need the name dropping to come down a bit but misha misha sweets we have to meet them in the middle somewhere okay so we can't storm off and just say we're gonna go to sleep for the rest of the night because we only have three days to finish this album and i personally am looking forward to the show while it's giving the drama i'm also looking forward to it it giving me a little two-step at the end. I think they may be able to create something that I might download on Spotify. All right? So let's hop to it. I've been seeing whispers that apparently Aubrey leaves the house, which I will be interested to see. Also, I cannot get over. If you follow me on the Who Asked Me podcast Instagram, you know I did a side-by-side. I cannot get over how much her and Kim Zolciak Beerman look alike. Like, maybe they go to the same doctor I don't fucking know but it's creepy to me but I'm hearing those mummers that maybe she leaves I don't know and it's starting to look like in the next episode that she's starting to or going to start being in some of the drama so we shall see like I said this show gives it gives and it gives and it gives and I will I love Carlos King for it 
Okay, that's it for our recaps this week. I do have um two more little talking points that I forgot to bring up in the beginning, though. So we'll get to those. So since we have some extra time, since there's no Roni recap, um, I actually realized there were two little topics that I meant to bring up at the beginning of the episode um, that I didn't. So we'll just talk about them now. The first one is that Lala from Vanderpump Rules and Rand are going on tour. Um, and you know what? It's giving a major like Stasi's career path um before she fumbled her bag like the path it was on before she stumbled fumbled her fucking bag which I guess good for you Lala I just don't necessarily know that Lala I'm not gonna lie I didn't really understand what Stasi was going on tour and saying but I did understand that Stasi does have a comedic timing whether I like her or not she has a comedic timing to her um that I could see entertaining Lala doesn't really for me you know have that so I'm just a little confused what her and Rand are gonna be talking about um you know how to pussy pop on a PJ maybe I don't know (laughs) my relationship with Lala has just been an interesting one because when she first came on the show I liked her I felt bad. Um, I was like, all these other girls are haters. And I enjoyed watching her over the years. It's that's changed. Um, You know, her use of AAV and just trying to fit in with others. It was just. mm. And I'm in a Facebook group where when her book came out, they like pretty much they like showed direct quotes from the book. Um, but they like reviewed it. Somebody reviewed it like, uh, chapter by chapter pretty much. And it's interesting to me because me and Lala have some, uh, couple similar life events and hearing the way she talked about them was mm, interesting to me. Again, we have, we're similar in those, in the fact that we've had those things happen to us. However, how she talks about them which is well within her right those are her experiences and versus how I do it was just like mm, made me wince a little bit but that's just me um all the best to her and Rian not that they need my best you know I don't have a PJ I have a jeep and that's it <laughs> a jeep in an apartment uh and continuing on the other thing I wanted to touch on was this has come to light within the past couple days and I'm just it's gotten me thinking it's gotten my brain like kind of moving which is the influencers um more so specifically that has made headlines is the bachelor nation people turned influencers that have received ppp loans from the government um you know people started putting them on blast I don't know who discovered it it's it's the internet crazy world I don't know anything I'm obviously not an influencer it has always made me wonder how they you know make their money and sustain that especially when you have a year as crazy as the last year 2020 so um it was Tasha and Colton were the main ones that people were naming 
I saw something that said Tasha came out and said that she used hers to pay an employee, somebody that works for her, to be able to, you know, sustain their life. Good for her. I, that, and that is what it's for. There's no secret that, like, things were greatly mishandled last year. I mean, when it came to the pandemic, all the way down to funds for small businesses. But, the way I'm seeing this is just because these people got these loans, it doesn't mean that they didn't deserve deserve them. You know what I mean? It's Again, they were so fucked up. Things were so fucked up last year. I know people that own small local businesses that they, they're screwed, you know, and it's devastating. However, I'm not going, I don't know. I don't know. All of this has gotten so messy and I've read so many comments from both sides. However, to try and claim that what these people, they them receiving them is wrong and, you know, morally fucked up is just kind of like, eh. Now, when it comes to Colton, <laughs> what I have to say about him actually has nothing to do with him receiving the loan. The headline read... And then I, of course, read the article. It can't just be depending on headlines. But he says, don't lump him with Bachelor Nation anymore. He doesn't fuck with them. And to that, I have to say, Colton, if we didn't lump you with them, then we, like, we know who you are because you were on The Bachelor and you were The Bachelor. Now, I understand that he ha- is more living more in his truth now and he's trying to leave that part in the past. However, that's why we know who you are. You are literally The Bachelor, okay? So, what are you talking about? Just stick to the subject at hand, the PPP loan. Yes, no, maybe so. And then keep it moving. But to tell us that you don't fuck with or don't, don't, you know, uh, um, associate your name with The Bachelor. It's going to be hard to do that, sweets, because that's how we how we know who you are. But we'll try. We'll try. I'll try at least. Um, what you working on, though? You want to you want to share? <laughs> um, the last thing is speaking of The Bachelor, Rachel Lindsay um, did a very, very, very good interview with a vulture she did two interviews one with the new york post i think you know what let me stop naming these uh people because i'm getting it confused however rachel Lindsay did two interviews and i know the one that i read that was with vulture was really fucking amazing being um you know 120 percent truthful about her experience as a black woman the first black lead woman lead all of the above on the bachelor with the bachelor franchise and how she felt that she was used um as a token and i it was such a good article listening to her experience and of course being able to relate my heart goes out to her i'm happy that she is in a position now that she can speak her truth and she um is you kind of see her learning from all of this also and while you're reading the article it was amazing i you know, I wasn't, I, of course, I liked Rachel. The, her season, I was like all in because, of course, I was like, oh, first Black Bachelorette. Of course, I'm going to support her. Um, 
it was afterwards is when I kind of was like eh, with her but I'm always gonna root for her um I just loved seeing it as you guys know I'm not doing the bachelorette this year maybe at all I've seen a few things and I think I'm making the right choice for me personally with that um just from what I've seen but that is going to be it for this episode of the who asked me podcast per usual please do not forget to subscribe um and then head on over to apple podcast rate and review I am like in this weird limbo of being stuck at 18 reviews right now and so it would be amazing if y'all if you haven't left me a review and five stars make sure you get over there and leave one all right um so we can get this this body of work continuing to move we're mo- I feel like we're moving a little slow right now but it's okay we can pick up speed <laughs> Um, and per usual, do not forget to head on over to Instagram and follow me at who asked me podcast. I will talk to y'all next week.